Hey all, welcome to the Common Good Podcast. We hope we're coming to you live out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, and somewhere just out in the outskirts of Fayetteville, Arkansas. It's Doug Padgett and Rob Ryersey with you. Sure, it's a Wednesday, and you're saying to yourself, boy, I thought uh, you talk politics only on Tuesdays. Well, you know, that's how it goes. This week we're talking about it uh, even here on a Wednesday. And for those who have been begging for us to get back into the podcast rhythm, we're back. Here we are. Sorry Though about the hold up. Doesn't feel exactly like the rhythm though, because we're on a Wednesday. That's right. It's the it's the afternoon. Um, <laughs> you know, know producer right. Dan isn't with us. Yeah, we're uh, we're just barely back in the, the flow barely. here. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Let's not get too uh, too uh, uh, you know. We're back about all this, but uh, hey, we we did a lot when we traveled the country and tried to put out live streams, and we'll put some of that up in the podcast stream. We know those of you only listening on the audio version of the podcast have been in a bit of a drought here on your common goodery, so we are uh, we're, we're glad to break that cycle. And we might even be back with the astrophysicist Paul Wallace tomorrow. Some of this has to do with the fact that I'm involved in lots of these podcasts and. We've had some family health issues with a little uh, one in our family, and my life has become consumed the last 12 days with full-time care uh, of a little sweetie. So that's been a huge part of it, and I've never known from day to day what kind of availability there would be. So uh, anyway, so we're sneaking back back in. And we're going to do something kind of fun today on the politics side of things. Rob Ryersey is the political organizer of Ocama Good. I'm the executive director of Ocama Good. So we like to talk about politics. We like to talk about faith. We like to talk about a lot of things. And by the way, I'll say, Rob, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I don't know if you're a big podcast listener. I am. There are many, many a style. You know, there's the highly Mm -hmm. produced ones that that are crafted into, a you know, episodes. They are what they are. It's more like a radio show or something. And then there's the real chatty ones, like lots of people talking over each other and laughter. And, you you know, wow, just a lot of work for the audio engineers to make sense of that. And then some that are, you know, straight to, straight to mic, um, sort of sort of like ours. Some conversational sets like ours tend to be as well. well one of the things I appreciate about ours, we, we have a little range. I like our range of topics. I, th- I think it's mm-hmm. pretty great. Um, and we don't play any commercials. I, I yeah. just... <laughs> You know, it, today's it, episode is brought to you by. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's pick a thing. Stream Deck. Uh, that's what I have. It's brought to you by Stream Deck, the yeah. quick change at your fingertip for your eCam Live. Yeah, we, I mean, we, we could do that. We could just cut to you know, hey, we're going to go to a break here, and uh, we'll see you, uh, you know, here after the after the break. And then, all right, all we're back here after the break. So uh, <laughs> glad to glad to see you. Maybe we should get some commercials, but I'm just saying, yeah. if you like this and you've been getting it for free all this time uh, and you want to chip into all this, go over to votecommongood.com, make a contribution. Uh, and, you know, that's that's how we have time and money and energy to do all this stuff as people make donations to what we do. Uh, yeah. Well, I feel like we have been off the air for a little bit and, um, you know, because of the the, the tour, um, which I'm sure, you know, we've, we've broadcast some of that and I'm sure we'll have some recaps and there's just been a lot going on. Um, and there's been a lot going on and in the, in the world of politics, in the world of news, um, there's been a whole bunch that has been taking place that I feel like we haven't had a chance to, um, to really dive into and, uh, and, and talk about. And so I thought today what we do is Maybe kind of do like a like a, an overview, a big picture, a, 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 a recap and a rundown of, of stuff that we've missed. And uh, um, so I thought maybe we could do it uh, kind of PTI style. PTI. Don't know. Yeah, that. you're not. A, you're not PTI. Pardon the interruption. A, uh, oh. a show which went on the air in, on oh, ESPN. Oh, your show. No, 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 this show, this show that we're going to do now, you know, so pardon the interruptions show that went on ESPN, I, I think 30 years ago, um, mm. I think, or maybe 25, it's, it's been around a long time, won multiple Emmys, and uh, the format is a couple of guys talking about a variety of sports topics, uh, Tony Kornheiser oh, and Mike Wilbon, and, uh, and one of the big innovations is that, like, they didn't, like, they kind of just rapid fire let's keep this thing moving let's make sure we don't get sidetracked so we're going to do that today doug I've, we've got about a dozen things we're going to talk about 
we're going to try to keep ourselves to uh, four and a half-ish minutes on each topic. And uh, to help us do that, we're going to have a little countdown clock. Great. I, I would say I would say this to those of you that are watching. Um, you know, if, if you don't like the topic that we're talking about, just just hang with us for a minute. We're going to talk about something else. And, uh, you know, and hopefully there's something psychological about the clock that kind of keeps us from. Yeah, because each going. each segment is four minutes, 30 seconds with a running timer that we that we see. And anybody watching video of feed of this will see. And mm-hmm. then uh, I don't know, then I'll, I'll hit one of these little sound effects that I have at my at my finger. In fact, uh, brought to you by the roadcaster. So, you know, we'll just we'll just do some little sound that'll uh, tell us we got to stop talking about it. Mid sentence yeah. or whatever. Right. We're just. We're just yeah. uh, hey, I used to run a conference. Um uh, with Tony Jones called Christianity 21. And one of the things we did yeah. there was a style of presentation that has, that was, came out of Japan. It was called the, the Pecha Kucha. Mm-hmm. So it's a style where you uh, had certain number of seconds and you use 21 slides. I think it was maybe 21 seconds or something per slide. And so your presentation was whatever that time is, four minutes and something. Yeah. And your cha- your slides that you selected would change at a scheduled rhythm like they're put on a timer and then when the person's time was up they were done and we would put up an applause sign after their last slide so that the crowd would just start applauding and we had to really work hard at the conference (laughs) because some presenters wouldn't do it they i mean they would just want to keep talking and we would just have to stir up the crowd and just be like they're and they'd get moved to a standing ovation you know and just override the person (laughs) and uh, it was lovely. We got yeah. You know, so we we we, call, we, end, we ended up getting a cease and desist letter from the people who ran the the Pechacucha because that's a brand name for their presentation. So we changed mm-hmm. ours to um, the event was called Christianity Twenty One Faith in the Twenty First Century from a Christian perspective, and so we had twenty one presenters, uh, and then they would yeah. all do you know twenty one big key ideas. So anyway, it was all built around this twenty one business, like blackjack, nice. and. Uh, uh, You'd be surprised, Rob, at the people who, no, maybe you wouldn't be surprised, but you might, <laughs> uh, you, you may or may not be surprised by the people who are seriously offended that like they only got as much time as everybody else. And when their slides mm. were done, they were done. Oh man, it was something else. Uh, 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 so, so, so maybe I'll just go to cheers when we get done here and that'll just yeah. be the timer has run out and we're just like, thank you very much on to the, on, on to the next one. Yeah. So, uh, so it's right. uh, yeah. I would love to guess some names of uh, those yeah. offended people, but uh, I'm not going to do that live on the air. Instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to hit the button to get All us right. started, and uh, we're going to start by talking about Madison Cawthorn. Doug, uh, Madison Cawthorn made the news by uh, appearing so congressional like with his hat on backwards and his t-shirt wearing, uh, you know, approach on a podcast talking about how. Um, he has been invited by other people in Washington, other elected leaders in Washington. Um, yeah, I heard this. Yeah. That he says um, people that he has respected and uh, admired for a long time have invited him to their uh, orgies. And, uh, and cocaine where, use and stuff, yeah. Where there's a lot of cocaine use. And he actually uses the phrase in this clip, uh, which we're not going to listen to because, come on, it's Madison Cawthorn. But he uses the phrase um, key bump of cocaine. Don't know the which, phrase. Right, because you're not a cocaine user. Um, and So, uh, Doug, what's your take on Madison Cawthorn outing Republicans as having cocaine-filled sex orgies in Washington? Yeah, I mean, I, I heard about this after, you know, the what I consider to be one of the deplorable uh, Mike McCarthy's was, uh, 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 Senator Congressman McCarthy was trying to rein him in. Trying to say, mm-hmm. you don't, uh, hey, you, not, look, you can say all kinds of horrible things about other people. You don't go off slandering and saying that you're invited to, you know, sex-filled orgy cocaine parties. Even though the modern version of the Republican Party, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past them, right? Um, it's the, the number of things we've just heard about going on with the Trump crowd and all of these people, the number of convictions and the things with Matt Gates and all this. You just really wonder sort of what's going on. But here, an insider in the Republican Party is a guy who's saying this about other Republicans. Um, look, 
I don't know if that's a is that a current picture we see on the screen there of Madison Cawthorn? Is that is that sort of that is a he... picture from the podcast interview in which he said these things? Wow, you know he 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 just has a kind of youthful and immature. He's the youngest con- he, he's the youngest congressperson ever elected. How, how, to how old is he? He's twenty five. He's previously he AOC. Really I mean, he might old. be 26 or 27 now, but when he was elected, he was the youngest congressperson ever elected to Congress. Um, wow. Younger than AOC was. Wow. Well, look, age, age doesn't always bring maturity. So I don't want to suggest this at all. You know, I know a lot of people who are extremely mature at, you know, in their early twenties. And I know a, you know, 70 some year old former ex twice loser president who, is extraordinarily yeah. immature, yeah. Um, you know, over and over. So, you know, I'm not saying you have to be aged to be mature, but so many things about him strike me, Madison Cawthorn, this is, as someone who just doesn't have the requisite amount of maturity. Did, didn't he also recently get pulled over for driving without a license, speeding, and didn't know the car was registered to his dad? Isn't this all part of the same package? Do, do you know about this? This this story? I don't. I, I don't. Yeah, think that's I'd happened. That, that that happened in North Carolina. I just read something about that. I was trying to track down some of this story. And there's just so many things that this man says. And again, maybe it's because he's not in a, the party that has power in the yeah. in Congress. So there's not much to do. He's not well thought of by leadership. So they're not inviting him into anything. He's really only only has this small cadre of hyper Trump supporting people that are, you know, on his in his world. So, you know, when 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 that's your when that's your world, then on the other hand, if he's being invited to, to orgy filled cocaine parties, Good for you letting that out. Like, that's bad work behavior. <laughs> okay, and if, let me if ask you this question. people are doing this stuff, then... L- let me ask you this. Do you believe him? Do I, you believe this has actually happened? Because I, I fundamentally, if I had to put money down, I would say, no, he's lying. Well, he said, and he even said to McCarthy, well, actually, I overheard somebody in a parking garage, and yep, gotta stop right there. There we go. We're done. Joining, possibly joining... Madison Cawthorn and the other uh, deplorables in the uh, in the Trump caucus of the uh, House of Representatives. Doug, Sarah Palin has thrown her hat into the ring uh, (laughs) to run for. So Alaska has um, one congressional seat. Mm -hmm. It has an at large seat um, making. It, you know, I think the largest congressional district in the country because yeah. it's the entire state of 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 Alaska, just like they choose two senators. Uh, they choose one congressperson, right. uh, Don Young, who's been their congressman for, you know, our whole lives um, uh, or something like that, uh, is retiring. And so there's a special election to replace mm. him that's happening. And then there will be a. The, there's a special election to fill his term out, and then there will be like the regular election that takes place in November uh, for the the next congressional term. Uh, and Sarah Palin has registered to be on the ballot in both of those races. Uh, Doug, what do you think about a prospect of Congresswoman Palin? Well, yeah, look, she she's been an interesting character who has found her way into celebrity from her political world. Some people do that. There are some people who cross over into popular culture as a celebrity from politics. Pretty rare, but she managed to do it. And now she's dipping back in, which I will just say this. It's better than what she was doing this summer, because this summer you and I were with a friend whose parents are big into Republican supporting. So this person who is not, you know, (laughs) like us, he is not into it at all. Um, Went on... Went on to uh, went on to uh, one of those things where you hire a celebrity to make a video for you. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, but anyway, she's yeah, on there. Keep... Rudy Giuliani, others are on there. So she makes a greeting. He pays one hundred and fifty dollars or something to have Sarah Palin give a happy anniversary greeting to his parents, and she goes on and on in her house like for four and a half minutes. I watched the whole thing, and yeah. so whatever amount of money she's making, and you know, I mean, I've. 
I don't think people can make real money off that, but apparently they can, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So she's just sitting at home making videos for people and sending them out. It seems to me that the former governor, you know, didn't finish the first term governor of Alaska and a failed presidential vice presidential candidate maybe has a little more to offer than this. So why not get Sarah Palin back in the mix? Let the good people of Alaska try to figure Mm -hmm. out if she's the kind of person they want. I think we need to have every one of these Trump-supporting Republicans run so that the citizens can make a statement if they want them or not. And look, if the Republicans of Alaska want her, then we know where the problem lies with the Republicans in Alaska. But this idea that like she should stay out, you know, I'm like you. I'm I'm one of these. Everyone should run. We shouldn't tell people not to run. They should have the consequences of their running. So I guess it's, you know, look, yeah. Sarah Palin should be doing something more than making, you know, uh, happy happy anniversary videos. Um, now I, w- I would invite her over to the common good to you know make that her uh, political criterion and r- rather than you know what whatever it, it happens to be for the because I think she's more Trump than Trump. I think she's Trumpier than Trump. I think she was the pre-Trump. I think she was somebody who set up this whole debacle. So there is in this special election that it's going to be interesting, like the, the, how this, which way this will cut, does her name recognition and notoriety hurt her or does it help her? It's a really crowded field. There are 50 people who are running for this congressional seat, including Santa Claus. I'm not making this up. Uh, and Santa Claus is a right. uh, a Bernie Sanders supporting progressive kind of guy. So, hey, Santa, uh, I'm voting for you. So does this – is she going to be able to break out of the crowd because she has instant name recognition or does her notoriety work against her? It's going to be interesting to see what happens. See into that segment. Boy, four minutes and 30 seconds goes fast, Rob. Ginny Thomas. All right. This is disturbing to me, man. When I was uh, any federal judge, any federal elected official, but especially those in the judiciary have an internal set of rules about how you behave and how your spouses behave. That's some of it's like uh actual agreement and some of it's just the the classy way you do this right you stay you're you're you don't allow your spouse or other family members to utilize your relationships as an elected judge in order to do political work in fact i've heard stories of judges whose spouses have st- couldn't even go to a fundraiser couldn't even mm-hmm. give their neighbor a ride to a fundraiser because they would be mm-hmm. Uh, heard that you know they've they've been participating too deeply in politics for which their their spouse uh, you know has has vowed to stay away from the fact that for decades Ginny Thomas the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas has been a hardcore right wing activist has been a problem for decades but on top of it that she's a full on QAnon uh, advocating person is just out of uh, out of bounds. This is look, I don't know who's supposed to police this. John Roberts, most likely like this seems to me that it's your job, John Roberts, as the chief justice. That's why you would have a chief justice. I mean, I don't know why else you have one other than like the function of the court. But it's time to get this thing under control because this is and then all the things she actually wrote. We could I could spend weeks talking about that. She's got access to Mark Meadows, the, the former, you know, the the. The failed vice, the, the failed presidential candidate, uh, uh, chief of staff, that she's got his personal cell phone and is like ginning up January sixth conspiracy theories, is just um, it's 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 outrageous. I'm not saying she can't have those opinions. Whatever, she shouldn't be using them and shouldn't be funding. I bet you check her bank account. I bet you check where the dollars have gone. She funded this stuff. She I. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just fairly confident and be glad to be proven wrong that her bank account put money into other bank accounts that were spent on January 6th. Yep. Yep. And, and, you know, people are going to make the argument and Republicans have made the argument that um, 
you know, this is a spouse of a Supreme Court justice. It's not like it's not him doing it. He, yeah. they, he doesn't he can't control his. He, you know, he doesn't know what his wife is doing. He's uh, it's fine. It's fine. And clearly, there's a sharp distinction between Ginny Thomas and Clarence Thomas. Now, you talk about what Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and their relationship and who's responsible for what is he father son, you know, that, you know, all of a sudden Joe Biden's completely responsible for anything his son may or may not have done. But Clarence Thomas has nothing to do with what his wife is doing, you know? So like that kind of hypocrisy is there. Now, one of the things I am like fascinated by this story is all of this Ginny Thomas news about her, you know, we knew she was involved with the January 6th stuff already, uh, but her text to Mark Meadows, all of this broke at the same time hmm. that Clarence Thomas was in the hospital. <laughs> like, you're that, that was weird. You're saying the news I, I, the news about it got out, not her behavior or writing text right, messages right, or interfering. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. all of this broke. All of this came out publicly. Wow. Um, oh, right at the same time. And I... And I, I think we've heard that he's been released from the hospital now, but I don't think we've heard that he is, you know, back to the Supreme Court yet and back working yet. But I, I just find oh, that interesting. I you're, I you're, you're hinting that maybe this is going to be the reason for the exit out, that this becomes. I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's, it's, it was interesting. That I heard Mitch McConnell. I read in a Mitch, uh, article about Mitch McConnell today that he was making a big deal that if, if Biden has to appoint another Supreme Court justice, then he's going to have to moderate to the middle. Maybe he knows something about Clarence Thomas that the rest of us don't. Yeah. In related news, the January 6th uh, committee is uh, pressing on. Ivanka Trump, I think, was supposed to make her uh, her appearance before the, uh, Yesterday, the, the I committee. Yesterday, um, you know, so, uh, you know, I heard she, I heard she along. threw the uh, threw her old man under the bus, too. Did you hear about Seriously? what she said? No. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. Here, here's what I heard. And I'm like, I heard this on MS- <laughs> I heard this on MSNBC. So don't act, you know, I don't want to be all. Yeah. So uh, it's inside, totally ins- Mr. You know, Mr. Inside Scoop. You're like, I got a press press pass in my hat. That she said that she recounted being in a meeting on January 6th in the Oval Office, or at least in the White House, saying to the people who mattered, Mike Pence is a good man. This is terrible what you're doing. You cannot be trying to force him like her and Kushner, you know, because Kushner was out of the country and he has tried to separate himself you know, from Trump now. And they're trying to rebuild their reputation. And apparently from. Somebody on the committee, then to reporters, Ivanka Trump's testimony is we were communicating as strongly as we could to the former failed president and twice impeached man that this is not appropriate, that this what's going on is. So now she has spent, you know, five years constantly agitating for things that I think are harmful to this country and then trying to cover her own reputation. And, you know, her and Kushner in the early year, in the early days of the Trump administration, they were the leakers that were leaking yeah. out all this stuff about putting, you know, the smart people around him and protecting him and uh, protecting the country from it. That was all coming from them. Everyone, all the reporters have done everything but like just turn over their notepad and show you their names, right? It's it's clear to the people who know that they're the ones who are doing this. So, so yeah, I th- I think her and and uh, Jared are are going to do everything yeah. they can to, uh, which is also part of the reason that I don't think Trump is running for re-election. I know other people yeah. think that he is, but this would just I mean he's got he has less going yeah. for him now than he did in 2015 oh, when he walked, slid down that escalator. Sure. Like, for sure, and you know, so also since we've been go- since we've been gone, um, news has has broken that um, there is a seven hour gap in the White House <laughs> phone records that were turned over to the uh, the yeah. January sixth investigation. A whole lot of discussion of burner phones. Um, you know, I remember like all the talk about Barack Obama's BlackBerry and whether or not he was going to be able to use his BlackBerry. And remember that? And oh, yeah. like it was all and like, I mean, it was it was like tan suit level scandal. And here's Donald Trump tan with suit. multiple burner phones. Remember the tan use. suit scandal? That was, that was oh, for people who have forgotten. It was so actually fantastic. an entire thing across the Fox News ecosystem. Oh. 
that what kind of a man as president wears a tan suit and not a dark suit? Yeah. You know who did? (laughs) Ronald Reagan did. Oh, yeah. That Um, was the great part. Yeah. 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 So, but anyway. And a nicely appointed tan suit looks just as powerful as a, uh, as a, as a, as a dark pinstripe. I mean, it can just really pop. It's just got a great look to it. Yeah. And, um, you know, the other thing is there's reporting now that the January 6th committee is going to be recommending um, that Donald Trump be charged criminally with trying to overturn the election. And there's been court filings that have indicated this. There's been reporting that indicates it, that they are, you know, the wheels of justice move slowly, but they are really moving towards taking a stand of saying, hey, like what this guy was doing was illegal. It was wrong. It was traitorous and seditionist. And, you know, Doug, do you think you do you think this gets all just, you know, couched as political stuff and goes away or will there actually be legal jeopardy for Donald Trump? You know, it seems to me I don't know all the legalities, but I don't think that Congress people are prosecutors. So I don't think it's their role in the system to be the ones who determine if somebody... Now stop right there. Well, if the January 6th commission does not come up with something, maybe they'll be able to, uh, you know, use Trump's more recent words (laughs) against him. Um, (laughs) Donald Trump did a news interview uh, where he... Once again, invited the leader of a foreign power to dig up dirt on his political opponent. Remember, this is why he got impeached before when he wanted Zelensky, a name we didn't know back then, the newly elected uh, president of the Ukraine uh, of Ukraine to uh, dig up dirt on Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and uh, and, you know, kept um kept funds you know from mm-hmm. being uh sent to the ukraine as a uh as you know as as a you know quid pro quo um now he goes on national television ish and news, and news invites vladimir news. putin to uh dig up some dirt on joe biden and hunter biden and doug it's not just that he, you know, said this again. It's not just that he invited the leader of a foreign country to meddle in American politics again. It's that he, again, at this moment in time, appealed to Vladimir Putin, yeah, who Vladimir is Putin. Mm-hmm. the least popular person on the planet well, because he's in the midst of invite of invading another country. Yeah, and committing war crimes. Like while Putin yeah. is committing war crimes, Trump says, "Hey, why don't you commit another crime for me?" So, you know, maybe he understands Crimea, misunderstands Crimea and thinks that it's just where you commit crimes. It's it's as if Trump is trying to say, well, this guy clearly has no scruples or morals. So, hey, Vladimir, while while you're busy, you know, covering up the genocide-like activity of your soldiers as not, not only that you're invading another country, you know, in, in invading its sovereignty, but what the people under your command are doing is on the level of which there will be decades-long international court cases. It's that bad. And in the middle of that, what does Donald Trump say? Hey, did you ever get a hold of that thing that could have helped me two years ago? Like, this is this is the kind of of brain that this man currently has, that what he chooses to spend his time to, and doesn't think there's any downside to doing this. I'm talking about Donald Trump doesn't think yeah. that siding with Putin, asking then a a person performing actions that will likely be called the actions of a war criminal to ask that person to help him. <laughs> Normally a politician would be like, Hey, whatever was, whatever there was back then was just me being political. When you ask the guy to be on your, on your support team yeah, while he's committing these other atrocities and crimes and is being sanctioned by the world. That's just incredible. Like, what on earth makes someone think 
that there's not political cost to this. And look, will Donald Trump ever be under legal jeopardy? I don't think so, because we will not put our former presidents in jail. Just not going to do it. It's it it, it 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 harms the country and there's just no benefit to us as a society to have to go through this. What we should do is banish the man to obscurity. Tell the truth about what he's done. Let his name carry with it the reputation that it's earned and let him never have the control of the of the, the levers of power again. And if in this country people decide, no, we want that guy after the four years of nightmare that he led us through yeah. and what he's been doing all these years. Well, then that's where we are. So, you know, then it, it's probably the, it'll probably be the greatest chance for us to really take stock of who and how we are as a country. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I, I just don't think that. The, the Hunter Biden story, it's not going away. Is it not, really? It's not. Come on. It's not. Um, you know, so... Did the Justice news, Department say they were going to open an investigation into this? Did I hear that right? There is an ongoing investigation into Hunter Biden's business deals. The Justice Department confirmed that they are already investigating. Um, it, You know, I mean, okay. so just to recap, Donald Trump was impeached the first time because he asked Zelensky to investigate Hunter Biden's um, um, business dealings in the Ukraine. Uh, There's also been um, questions about Hunter Biden's um, business dealings in China and And Republicans really latched on to Hunter Biden being the scandal that could bring down Joe Biden. They were unsuccessful in 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 tarring Joe Biden with it during the 2020 election. And so they're trying to use it now to uh, to 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 bring down his presidency. And as if his presidency wasn't already like lurching along as it is, Um, but that's a that's a conversation for another day. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's going better than some some others, but you're right. Hunter Biden's laptop uh you know has become this mythical holy yeah, grail it's thing. It's just conservative crazyville talking points. I don't know. But Matt Matt Gates, Congressman Matt Gates came out this week and said that he was during a a, a congressional committee hearing said he was in possession of Hunter Biden's laptop and asked that the contents of that laptop be entered into uh the congressional record. Now there's a guy I don't the, believe. Now, there's like there's some discussion and, you know, that laptop, if you, you know, I I don't invite you to do this, but if you Google Hunter Hunter Biden's laptop and, you know, turn off the like safe mode on your pictures on Google Images, you're going to see some things you don't want to see. Uh, because what, the, there's what, like, what people are saying is in there, you mean? What what, what videos yeah, and pictures are in yeah, the laptop? Yeah, pictures and all sorts of stuff of Hunter Biden. Um, you know, so I like, listen, but this story is not going well, away. Well, yeah, but it's but Rob, I think it's not going away because it's like Hillary's emails or Benghazi. Like, this is what Republicans do. They pick a thing. They just obsess on it. There's nothing there. It's not going to go anywhere. If... If Matt Gates had that laptop, if there were things in it, if any of this had any to do, it would be out there. There's no How one... does Matt Gates get the laptop? That's what I'm saying. And and so and if what he's doing is, well, I'm not going to do anything until it gets like introduced into Congress. None of it's look, this is just. And Matt Gates is under investigation himself for trafficking a 16 and 17 year old for his own sexual purposes. So the only reason it's not going away is because these are the phrases that come out of the QAnon like Republicans that just are completely convinced that there is a cabal going on. And somehow Hunter Biden and and 
Jack Kennedy are somehow involved in all this. So I, I don't know. I just John think, F. Kennedy Jr. John F. Kennedy Jr. <laughs> what did he go? Did he go by Jack? Was that was that his? What was that? Was his dad? Yeah, no, but, but what I, name no, did he go? Just John. John Jr. Come back and fix everything. John Jr. So anyway, I think yeah, of course the phrase Hunter Biden and Hunter Biden's laptop is not going away. That doesn't make it a story. If this thing were a story, it has been a story for four years, two years into the Trump administration. They started on this thing. So three and a half years they've been they've been talking about this thing, having having been a story and all the rest of it. So, I, yeah. you know, and look, the, the guy, by his own admission, had a serious drug. Ad- OK, rules, are, rules the, are rules. The, we're going to live by the, him. Who won the presidential election in 2020? Well, if you ask Donald Trump, he said he lost. So that's that's yeah. a that's a new opening. Uh, so just this week, Donald, Donald Trump, Trump says, well, when I lost the election, that was really great yeah. news for China and really great news for South Korea. I think we, yeah. which I think he meant North Korea. But anyway. Yeah. So he uh, he somehow uh, like he, he met with a group of historians that were going to interview him and a bunch of of other folks to write the definitive history of the Trump presidency. Um, There was some, like the the article I read, Doug, seemed to indicate that Trump himself convened these historians because he just wanted to give one interview and doesn't want to, you know, be interviewed over and over and over again about his presidency. Um, And he, in the course of this conversation with these historians, um, as just kind of an aside, Hmm. he... He lets the cat out of the bag. Then he lost the election. But by saying when I lost the election, when when I lost, this happened. Uh, Now, do you think he's speaking in a technical sense or in a colloquial sense? uh, Like a colloquial sense. Look, he's trying. I mean, yeah. Does the man know that he lost the election? Of course. Does his broken sentence patterning ever give you anything to hang your hat on can yeah. you believe that a phrase that he said he would later admit that's what i meant to say because when he said well i'm being told by my own <laughs> defense department and cia that russia interfered in the election but putin just told me he didn't do it and why wouldn't i believe him and then came back you know three days later and said oh i misspoke i should have said why would i believe him not why wouldn't I believe. So I'm sorry. I just, I, that's not what he meant to say. He's meant to say, why wouldn't I? When he said, if we put the bleach inside of somebody, and which I heard him say. And then later he said, I was just being facetious. I was just joking about that. No, he wasn't just joking about that. When he said, I can grab a woman by, I can sexually assault a woman. He then later said, no, that was just this kind of talk. So look, there, you never, you know, you, the man could say a thousand times over. I lost the election because I did not get more votes than Joe Biden got in the states that mattered or in the or in the in the, you know, in the popular uh, election. So I lost. He then will come back later and say, I didn't lose. They stole it from us. And by the way, Trump's argument the whole time has been they stole the election. The 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 results are fraudulent. So he can easily say, yes, the the result was that I lost, but I didn't really lose. They cheated. That's mm-hmm. been his argument the whole time. His ar- yeah. and, and that argument goes in two ways. One is they took away votes or added votes. That's one option. And the other was they created a set of conditions by using extended voting and mail-in voting and more drop boxes. And that's what created a context that we couldn't compete in because they changed the rules in the very year of the election that they say was were, were, were COVID-related. And so he says that's what created is unfair. It's hard to know, ever listening to Trump and his the others who hold this, he didn't really lose the election or it was stolen, which thing they think happened because they've said all of them and Trump will literally say them in the same paragraph, all of those kind of moving around. So, yeah. But does he deep down know that he didn't get more votes? Absolutely. Yeah. And did, and did Biden cheat? I'm pretty sure not, because if you were going to cheat at that level, you also would have gained seats 
in the House of Representatives because yes. some places, the very district that voted for Biden also voted for a Republican, which is yep. deeply concerning. So how would you have pulled that one off? Yeah. yeah. And my favorite part of the article was that Trump was desperately trying to impress the historians. He cared most what they thought about him. I wonder how that was. <laughs> All right. From really hilarious stories to really concerning and, you know, tragic stories, you know, as, you know, Ukraine continues to hold on against Russia, as, you know, Russian forces are now retreating, uh, what we're finding in, in their wake is evidence of, of war crimes. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, you know, Zelensky appeared before the UN this week and basically said, Hey, uh, if y'all don't do something about this, why do you even exist? Um, and really called on the UN to kick Russia out, impose sanctions, stop them, or dissolve because they're a pointless organization. Um, you know, really harsh words um, coming from Zelensky is, is a result of this. Doug, really, I, I mean, just I, I, it, pictures that are hard to look at, um, scenes that are hard to see. Um, you know, it's just war is hell, but, um, you know, this war is, crimes this are worse. Yeah. Yeah. Look, yeah. war, war yeah. is, war is always a failed endeavor. It's just never the, all the wars that the United States has been involved in initiated. They're all, they're all failure. Um, even if one side is, is victorious over the other, it's a, it's a failed project. And then there's the war crimes like this, you know, zip tying people's yeah. hands and, and beating them and torturing them and then shooting them that, um, I mean, I've been seeing footage of that and look if we're seeing that footage in our in our family rooms there's more there's even more that's gone on than that right they're only letting out the stuff that's um uh, can be can be let out Mm -hmm. it's really horrible and the truth of the matter is to all the Zelensky's, you know i understand his argument i would make the same one i'm thinking if i were in his situation but we don't live in a world where someone can do something about it it's not I wish that world existed, but we live in a world where certain amounts of power and certain amounts of deadly capacity give people freedom to do things longer than they otherwise should. And it is it is just I I don't think anyone wants to admit that. I don't think anyone wants to admit that the U.N. or that, um, you know, any of the international relationships are insufficient to prevent these things from happening, but they are insufficient. And so if we think, you know, putting NATO together is what's caused peace, this idea, again, that somehow a policing force is what keeps violence from happening, that's not true on our local streets. That's not true internationally. It's other kinds of agreements that allow for these things to happen. It's people choosing good and right behavior. Is Putin going to be charged with war crimes? I think without a doubt he's going to be charged. But but I'll say this, you know, I think George Bush was charged with war with war crimes because of Iraq. Like there are international courts that have charged him with with crimes. Being charged with a crime when you're not under the jurisdiction of a of a court. Where where is that going to go? So we're really facing a moral situation here that doesn't have a clear legal uh, outlet to it. It's yeah. it's really tragic. And and the delusion illusion that we should break ourselves of is, oh, no, there's somebody's got their hands on this. So I get Zelensky saying, why do you all exist? And the U.N. is like, well, not for this. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, it's kind of the point. Do, is your it's sense terrible. as Russia is Russia's pulling back? Is this is this the beginning of the end or yeah. is this um my fear is that Russia is pulling their troops back because so that their troops are not an incinerated when they drop a nuclear bomb. Yeah, I, uh, I think the advantage to dropping a nuclear bomb is zero, like tactically, not, not only because of the ramifications that would come from it, but th- for what purpose? Yeah. To 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 tell to tell Ukraine, yeah, to tell Ukraine to surrender or just to kill a whole bunch of people. There's a website out there that um, I can't remember the name of it now, but you can Google it that tells you what would happen if a nuclear weapon was dropped on any major city, and it's not what. Mm. Wow! Mm -hmm. Wow! These rules have got to change. 
Doug, uh, <laughs> explain to everybody um, what Title 42 is. Um, it was reversed by uh, the CDC on Friday, uh, and there's been really interesting Democratic reaction to that. But explain to everybody what Title 42 is. So Title 42 is a federal health standard that allows the U.S. government to do things under what's called Title 42 that they otherwise couldn't or wouldn't do because there's a current or coming health crisis. It's been invoked a number of times through our history. It wasn't started in this pandemic. It's something that exists in the federal code. And so under Title 42 gives the federal government ability to pull off things that they otherwise couldn't. The way that's been applied currently is it's applied to our southern border to put all kinds of restrictions in under the under the auspices that we're trying to protect people in the United States from COVID. So it means that people from other countries who are seeking asylum can't come in because we're worried about COVID. It means that people who have green cards but don't have residency can't come into the United States because of concerns yeah. about COVID. It means that people from other countries will have to have different kinds of standards of testing than people from the United States. All this yeah. kind of stuff. There has to be a legal apparatus yeah. for the things the United States does. Unless and, you're and, Donald and Trump, been, and then and, you put in place things at the border that have no legal apparatus at all yeah. and are later yeah. overturned. So that's well, what was, has 40, been in place since the start of the pandemic until yeah, last Friday. And it's, it, it, the sense from, from folks who, who work at the border is that Title 42 has been used as a pretext to enforce a discriminatory border policy, an immigration policy. Uh, and now the Biden administration is reversing it, is, is, is going to stop enforcing Title 42 or it's, allow yeah, people. That's right. It, it's it, it pausing that action. It's going to say that Title 42 is no longer in effect on yes. certain conditions as they face the border. There's a phase. And it's what a is, phased out. What has been fascinating is the reaction to this from Democrats who are basically saying, oh, wait a minute, I'm not so sure we should be doing this. Mark Kelly in particular, who is facing a reelection fight to be the senator from um, from Arizona, a border state, ba- breaking with the Biden administration and saying, no, we should keep Title 42 intact. And other Democrats saying, listen, this is the, this might be the right policy, but this isn't the best implementation of it. Um, so I, I yeah, look, what's your sense about Democrats being, you know, reacting in an unexpected way to this news? Well, every Democratic lawmaker and every Democratic candidate is not right on every issue. And Mark Kelly is wrong on this one. Mm. Just just flat out wrong on it. The Biden administration, in my view, has been too slow on this issue. They should have reversed Title 42 and other implications around our border treatment a long time ago. These are counterproductive. They're bad ideas. And just because someone's a Republican doesn't mean every idea they've ever had is wrong. And just because someone's a Democrat doesn't mean every idea they've ever had is right. Uh, um, if, if it was that simple, life would be that simple. And it's not. So there's a lot of yeah. reasons why Democrats can be wrong about this. And immigration is one of the blind spots in our society. And immigration feelings and immigration policy uh, commitments don't break only along political lines. We spent a lot of time along the border, crossing the border and talking to people who live there and people who are very committed Republicans disagree totally with how Republicans treat the border. They don't agree with it at all because they live so close and they see the ramifications. You get some people who even live 100 miles away in Arizona who are Democrats and they love what we're doing at the border. Yeah. So. It's, it's not one of those issues. Not everything only breaks along party lines. And this is one of them, which is why, you know, we're working so hard to try to get some kind of a common good attitude about what's going on, on the border, because it's not one of those issues that someone can comfortably say. Elon Musk. Is I just strung now, I just strung that one out so the cheers would interrupt me. Could you tell? I, I was really stringing I, that I, one. I, I was watching I, uh, the timer count. I enjoy I enjoy watching you do that every single time. Um, Elon you, Musk is uh, is now the um, the uh, largest shareholder of Twitter. Oh, 
And have you not heard this? No. Um, just Elon, I just put it in the category of things about Twitter I could not care any less about. Hang on a second. Who's who's the largest shareholder then of the Elon stock Musk shows? is now okay. the largest shareholder of Twitter. Um, he has the largest. He, he and and as a result of that, he has now been invited to join the board of Twitter, and he is now on their board of directors. Um, there's a lot of people speculating that you know Elon Musk is a is an interesting and complicated and frustrating person to me. Um, you know, I, in so many different ways, he's he's one of these tech celebrities that um, it's just ah, it just makes me want to bang my head against the wall. You know, and I'm just infuriated by billionaires going to space and all of this, and now. The thought that Elon Musk, who um, doesn't always seem to have America's best interest in mind, um, is tremendously influential at one of the biggest tech and communication platforms that exists. Um, you know, it, it, it's interesting to see if there's going to be some impact from this now. There are two impacts that are being most discussed about Elon Musk's arrival on Twitter. Um, A is um, that he will have sufficient uh, influence to bring about a edit button on Twitter, which is desperately needed. <laughs> and for those who don't well, know or care, it means that when you write a tweet, you can't update it and keep the you tweet can't up. Fix it. You can't fix that it because you typoed or you, yeah. you can delete it uh, or leave it. That's it. Yeah. No edit button. Uh, we need an edit button. Elon Musk is also known as a free speech advocate, which has people uh, suggesting that he's going to use his influence now, not just to get an edit button. It's kind of an American get... thing to be a free speech advocate, though. Let's let's not throw speech through free speech ad, uh, advocate into the category of, well, this nut job really. <laughs> free speech. I mean, what kind, of, what kind of goofball is <laughs> a free speech advocate? What in the Good world? Lord. What's um, next? A free press? You, was he, is, was he all for freedom of religion? What, what is this guy? What? what? Yeah. Use his influence to bring Donald Trump back to Twitter. Oh, yeah. Doug, yeah, is cares? Elon Musk going to bring Donald Let Trump Let him back, back onto that little social platform. Yeah, I mean, look, Don, every part of our society should have punished Donald Every part of our society should have punished Donald Trump. And the Twitter did it, too. Great. And he should have been kicked out of his HSA, and he should have been kicked out of his— If he had a Costco membership, they should have taken it away from him. For sure. But it doesn't, it's not real punishment. It's not a real thing if he gets back on. Who cares? The guy gets any attention he wants. And if he gets more attention because he's on Twitter, that those 7 million, 14 million, 32, 112 million, whatever, they're all listening to the guy anyway and every other. I, I, I just think it's, it, it, it's, I mean, you know. You know my attitude. It's like people talking about the stock market, believing it's the economy, and talking about Twitter as if, as if it's the media, and that mm. that it's actually the thing that is influencing public opinion. I think there are yeah. things that are, that affect public opinion. I'll just say this: I don't have any idea who else is on the board of Twitter, and I'm on Twitter at Paget at Twitter. I'd love for you to follow me because it's really an important communication tool. But having Save me ten seconds here. But but ha but ha okay. Ha having said that, I don't know anybody else who's on the board of Twitter. I don't care. I mean. Well, I, so yeah. that Elon Musk is now on there. Well, big news. I, uh, I got into truth social and, uh, I've not yet posted and, but I am documenting and, uh, it's going to be big. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Twitter, um, the Babylon B, uh, was, uh, had their Twitter account suspended, which is a satirical um, Christian, Christian yes. leaning it's a satirical Christian version of the onion. Uh, they, they, a Christian version of the onion, um, you know, started off as kind of a clever thing, but has really veered into, into political stuff over the last several years has, is shown to be, you know, kind of blatantly right wing with a conservative agenda. Oh, really? Um, oh yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. know anything about Babylon, this. Yeah. And so the Babylon Bee got their account, um, suspended on Twitter because, um, you, you remember that the, the Pennsylvania health secretary, Mm -hmm. transgender woman i can't remember her name um they babylon b in a you know in one of their satirical posts n named her as man of the year um 
in a awful trans joke. And uh, Twitter said, basically, uh, you can get back on, but you've got to delete the tweet and they won't delete the tweet. And so they uh, have been, um, you know, had their account suspended. Um, Now, so all of that has happened. And at the same time, news is broken that um, that uh, Ron DeSantis um, and is on his, the board of Babylon B. Did he? Is he the, like the largest investor now? The governor of Florida has um, entered into some kind of financial relationship with Babylon B. Wow! Um, and and this led to the Miami Herald writing a whole report about it, and you know, oh, I didn't see calling Babylon huh. B fake news instead of satire, and they look stupid. But the thing that, like, I pull back from that and I say, like, wait a minute, what is Ron DeSantis paying the Babylon B for? What? Well, yeah. And so, what I've been able to find is two two things. One is advertising that Ron DeSantis hmm. and his campaign and, and everything is sure. advertising on the Babylon B. I'm not sure. I, I, I've not been able to get confirmation of that. The other thing that I've that I've seen is that Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, who wants to be president of the United States, if Donald Trump will let him, um, it's a good line. Bought a bought a contact list, a mailing list, uh, uh, a list. You know, like yeah. data yeah. from the Babylon Bee. Sure. Um, sure. I could totally now, imagine that they've gotten into some sort of like sell because Babylon B is going to sell some of its data. And yeah, that, that, that would make sense. Like, I'd, I'd like to hit up is... the Babylon B and buy some of their data. <laughs> 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 wonder if DeSantis would throw us, you know, something. Yeah. This just, this feels to me like um, just icky. <laughs> it's like, listen, you're uh, like, why is the Babylon Bee so influential? Like, why? Like, why are they so powerful? Like, they're 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 trash. And frankly, with like the stuff that they say, their obsession with AOC, their terrible, you know, trans jokes. Like, they're. I mean, they, like this, they're not good for the country. And now they're like getting involved in politics in a in a partisan way of helping a specific campaign and a specific candidate yeah. like I I, uh, I don't know I, this whole thing feels icky to me there's something here that you know if six months from now a some news story breaks about something really scandalous going on I with see. the Babylon Bee and 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 in in the political world um I would just like everyone to remember that um, that I'm staking out the claim here and now that something's going on. <laughs> you need to write a tweet about this. Get it out there and not take that tweet down, even if they make you yeah. slander them. I'm on the record to say something's uh, something's fishy in Denmark. The honey's uh, the honey's gone bad over at the Babylon Bee. Well, you know they used to just—I mean, I only saw them way back when they, you know, just had funny little cartoons about people in church work. All right, and finally, can we can we just take four and a half minutes to celebrate Kentonji Brown Jackson, soon oh, to be Supreme Court justice, and and I'd love to ask what her husband or wife uh, has planned for. Uh, yeah, political. Her husband, uh, and, husband, she's yeah. husband. Uh, yeah. what what she has planned, what he has planned for uh, his political engagement. <laughs> I'd love to know whose numbers does he have in his phone? Is a uh, yeah. Have you ever yeah you ever played that game, Doug? Who's the most famous person uh, who con- contact in your phone? No. Uh, yeah. I, no. Yeah. That's but, a, uh, but yeah, that's, a, night, that's a fun one. I. I, I I had a, I had a friend that uh, he, he challenged, he introduced me to this game. He challenged me. He said, who's, and, and so uh, at that point I laid down uh, Brian McLaren. That was the best I had. Um, and he laid down Muggsy Bogues. Oh, wow. Um, which, Boom. yeah, which is great. Nailed um, it. Nailed it. Know, I, I well, think look. I could beat him now. But anyways, Kentanji, we're, we're, you know, Kentanji Brown Jackson would be a great one to ever get in there. So, uh, you know, I, I give her, her my phone the, number right now and, and yeah, say yeah, glad to be yeah. glad to be of any service if we yeah. could uh, yeah. soon to be yeah. Supreme Court justice. Her, her poise, 
her confidence, her uh, authenticity that came through throughout her hearings um, was, was just really remarkable. What a stark contrast to Brett Kavanaugh crying about how much he loves beer. Um, you know, this was this is a, a, a remarkable woman <laughs> who so excited that she's going to be on the Supreme Court. Um, you know, and e- even though the committee was deadlocked 11-11, uh, the Senate did vote to move her com- confirmation forward. Um, um, three... Um, Three uh, Republicans joining the Democrats in support of her, yeah. Mitt Romney, Lisa Murkowski, and Susan Collins. Um, the typical. And, you know, and yeah, and, and uh, assuring that she will be uh, a Supreme Court justice. And frankly, the country is better for it. For sure. And, and to, uh, did you see that, that mashup of Republicans making statements about her, saying how great she was, how competent, how built out, and then cut to them saying, and I will vote no against her nomination? Like, yeah. that, we're, that that's, that's where we are. And look, the Supreme Court has been politicized Political. for decades. Yes. I don't know where you can go back wherever. To me, it goes back to, to Judge Bork, and it started there, and then it's just been an arms race of disparaging people. And every once in a while, someone passes by without without that kind of a, a attack. Um, the political side of our of our system needs to figure out how to stop polluting the judicial branch. And look, our our Constitution's made up a little funny. It's a little bit broken that these are supposed to be three distinct equal branches of government, but the executive branch nominates the member of the Supreme Court and the judicial branch, which already makes it funny. And then we ask for some kind of engagement from the Senate and lots of debate about what they're supposed to do with what consent means to advise and consent about what that means. So it's a it's a clumsy system and it's been made just worse and worse and worse in the last 30 years and it would be great if someone in the supreme court would say it's now our job to regain some credibility in the judicial branch starting with the supreme court but there seems to be no appetite to do this when i listen to the justices even some that i really tend to like and agree with sort of their perspective and how they do it they're like oh the supreme court's not political we're sort of above that we're all friends we're all working over here and it's like well you all might think that's how this is going but the rest of the country doesn't see it that way and once again that group of people feel so out of touch with how everybody else is talking about it um, that the only one who seems like they've got their eye right on it is Thomas, who's like, no, this, I'm just going to use this as a totally conservative thing, and it's going to be bi- it's going to be partisan, partisan, partisan. That's what it feels like. The Supreme Court has. Mm. Hey, we did it. Look at we us. did it. Yeah, uh, and we didn't even talk about Will Smith and Chris Rock. <laughs> bad workplace <laughs> behavior. Like the number of times people do bad things in work <laughs> events uh, is like. Yeah. You know, any other work event that you're in and you do that, you, you know, you lose your job. You smack somebody yeah. at the Christmas party. You smack somebody at the, <laughs> at the convention and the award ceremony for your little industry. Yeah. You, you lose your job. That's how it goes. You've, you've moved. Cause when it first happened, Doug, I was at your house and holding my phone, showing you the video. Um, I think I was the one who actually announced to you that. Uh, yes, you did. You didn't, hey, you, did you, you hear you weren't that even Chris, in the door? The you were Smith. shouting it from the rooftops like a, like a, 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 a yeah. the the evangelizing angel. Oh, you and were on with it. that with that sense of like Twitter was made for moments. Totally, like Elon Musk is. Oh, that's why oh, he's the biggest shareholder of the oh, whole thing. Because if it can have and celebrities so, uh, slapping you, each other. In the moment, you thought it's fake. this is this is fake. Totally. You. you do you still think that? No. Uh, yeah. I mean, I thought I thought it was fake at the time because it seemed to me that this is the kind of thing that the the that they would do. Turns out it's worse than fake that these are people that lack. Um, uh, I mean, the whole apparatus yeah. lacks its ability to control itself as an industry. And uh, you know, look, Will Will Smith made a terrible, horrible action. And has apologized for it. And it's not nearly yeah. enough. It's ridiculous. I'll just say if he'd yeah. walked up and hit a woman, would we be talking like this? So, I mean, it's just the whole thing is so bad all the way around. 
I guess the only answer is just no more awards. No one gets any more awards. <laughs> We're going to go. The pendulum is swung to everybody gets awards. Now nobody. it's going to swing to nobody gets awards. None. You know what? None. If you're getting paid for your movie, if people watching your movie isn't enough. Yeah. Find Unless another. It, find another. Look, well, I mean, what other industry are people in the work because they really want to get the award at the, you know, at the annual party? This one. This one right here. We are we're in it for a, a potty, a casty. What what would be a podcast? A potty, award? A potty would be great. I a don't potty. know if there is a potty award, but it should be it should be a potty pants award. And uh, yeah. exactly. is, that, is that a phrase? You just come up with that right now, or is that uh, is that a, a potty? Thing? I don't know. I don't know if that's a thing. Okay. Uh, welcome to make that happen. Welcome to the 2022 potties. Copyright Doug Padgett, Rob Ryersey, uh, April sixth, two thousand twenty-two. Uh. Well, uh, thanks for the uh, spin through the uh, the back pages of politics. Hey, friends, uh, listen. You know, so sometimes we actually have candidates on. We talk about things of substance. Next week and some, next. Oh, no, next week. We next Tuesday on the Politics Podcast on Tuesday at ten a.m. Central on this podcast. We're Internationally, gonna have, even in the space station, we're going to have one of my very most favorite candidates in the country, someone that most of you have never heard of, and you are going to love her when it's over. So tune in. Oh, wow. She is great. Wow. And great. and if you think, hey, I won't worry about it. I'll just let it show up in the news feed and watch it later. No. Special things happen when you actually watch it live. It's it delivers something different. It's uh, yeah. It's it's like the difference between you know f- uh, frozen pizza and fresh made pizza. It's just a different experience uh, all the way around. So be sure you're here at exactly 10 a.m. And sometimes we start at 10:03 or 10:04 if Dan's a little late on getting the button ready to go. All right. Well, Tony, thanks for uh, thanks for your input uh, here. DK Cambry, uh, that's quite quite a statement. Uh, Jay, appreciate your comments. Uh, Dave, thanks for telling us what's going on in Michigan. Pamela, we see you. Sorry, we were just so pressed with that running clock over there. Uh, Sean, um, uh, Alex, uh, Eric. Um, so, so Eric, Eric has Rust. this interesting comment. Are you still part of the evangelical Christian Anati voting for Trump? I probably picked up, you know, if you listened a little longer, that no. Uh, I just don't know if you stuck with us, Alex, but uh, uh, no, no, we're not. In fact, we're trying to, uh, you know, uh, let people know that, you know, uh, some 22, 23, maybe in some areas, nearly 30 percent of evangelicals don't support Trump. So, you know, it's not it's not enough, but it's not everybody. Yep. Just look at us. Just the little engine that could. over here. All right. Evangelical Rob Ryersey. All right. Evangelical Doug Padgett. I didn't even know we were evangelicals. <laughs> Do we even bring uh, that up? Do we just smell of it? Just like oh, yeah. two white guys That's talking it. into microphones and you're like, I'm pretty sure I know They've what that got is. It. They've got to be evangelicals. <laughs> <laughs> is it that obvious? Is it, is it, is it, white guys like, with a podcast? Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you're smelling like campfire and you're like, yeah, I think you're hanging up at a campfire. Uh, uh, oh, that's a good one. All right. Well, we will, uh, everybody, we'll talk to you later. Farewell. <laughs>